My name is Bradley Guys. And my name is Adam Pringer. And welcome to the Hot Swap. Welcome, everybody, to the Hot Swap. What's going on, Brad? Hey, what's up, man? Um, so I wanted to kick things off this week um, because I wanted to kind of more or less talk about why we're doing a podcast in the first place and kind of um, introduce ourselves uh, eight podcasts in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, I kind of wanted to go over like what makes us consider ourselves gamers or whatever we consider ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, and then also what compels us to want to do this show in the first place. Cool. Um, and so for me, I wanted to, I, I wanted to kind of go through my life as a video game player. Um, my first memory is that of playing Mario, or at least it's one of my first memories. Mm hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but it seems like a lot of people my generation, like their first memories are playing Mario. Mario 2 for me. Okay. Um, and so that that was definitely something that's always stuck with me. Um, one of the, the first signs that gaming would be a part of my life. Um, another thing that I thought uh, about when I was trying to think of things to talk about is that um, – I didn't have a lot of money or my family didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid. And so um, I would read through Nintendo powers and I would like play through the levels of the maps they had um, like in my mind because um, I didn't I didn't have the games to play. Mm-hmm. And that went on to I used to get graph paper and actually make my own like Kirby levels. I used to and do then, that like, too. To and then like play levels. through them in my mind. Yeah, I guess I would do, you know, it's hard to remember that far back, but I definitely used to draw my own levels for all the games I used to play. Lots of Mario 3 levels, and I used to come up with my own power-ups, too. Oh, classy. <laughs> um, and, and then for me, uh, the, the next thing that I, I thought about that really um, I thought was something that n- most people wouldn't do was um, the E3, they showed off Super Smash Bros. Melee, it's probably one of the first E3s that I really paid attention to. Um, I was all about checking IGN for all the latest news. Like I probably just found out about that website, and uh, I was looking at the website every day and trying to like find out all the new characters and everything that was coming out for that game. Like I, that was a big deal for me, and it went as far as when it finally came out. 
Um, I I had gotten to the point in school where my grades started getting bad, and my mom had sworn off buying me video games ever again already at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I came up with a plan and coerced my brother into helping me, my younger brother, um, to where we would pull in all of our gift cards for that Christmas. Um, we would sell a bunch of the stuff, a bunch of our games, unfortunately, and we would um, get a GameCube secretly and get an extra controller, um, uh, get a memory card. Uh, we actually had enough to get Wavebirds oh, for wow. each of us. Professional. We were really excited about that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it hinged around, um, given that we were in like middle school and elementary school, we weren't driving anywhere to get this stuff. So um, at night, I would walk to the Walmart that was closest to us. And um, I had started piecing together like um, all like I had bought all the controllers, all the extra controllers, the memory cards. I even bought Smash Brothers before I had the GameCube itself. Oh wow! Um, so I was waiting on a couple of uh, Christmas. Well, my birthday is the twenty eighth, so I was waiting on some birthday stuff to get some of the the actual system, and uh, that was a that was a terrible trip to get that system, but it was well worth it. <laughs> and we had to um, hide the GameCube in my brother's room and uh, <laughs> like switch the TV to like the, like away from the game channel in order to like make sure my parents didn't find out, even though I'm, we were probably so obvious that they probably knew anyway, but yeah, maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. You guys sound pretty sneaky. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, after that, then my next big experience really was what kind of made me realize that I liked games a lot more than I thought I did. And that was when the Wii was coming out. Um, I was uh, all about going to GameStop and like pre-ordering all the extra controllers. And um, I-, I was all into the news for the Wii and stuff like that. And... Um, and that, that, I mean, essentially, my incredible nerdiness and interest in the Wii when it was coming out is what got me a job at GameStop, inevitably. So it paid off for me. Um, but th- it was at that point where I, got, I really realized, like, hey, I actually like games a lot more than I thought I did. Um, hmm. So that's kind of my history. And I, I didn't know if you wanted to share something also about, yeah. like, what got you into games or some notable memories? Um, well, when I was a kid, I was always, I mean, I played sports and stuff, but I was always really into video games as well. I kind of like, uh, uh, you know, I rode the fence on that whole like jock slash nerd kind of thing, I guess. But I pretty much played video games as much as I played outside and played sports. And like I said, Mario 2 is where I started with the NES. And um, I got a Game Boy that next year. When I got my Game Boy, that's when I realized, you know, this is probably something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I've always been, I'm still obsessed with portable gaming. And um, it's still probably my number one favorite way to play games. Um, I will say um, I was excited for Smash Brothers probably before Smash Brothers was a thing. Because when you were talking about Nintendo Power, I remembered that I actually send in... You remember in Nintendo Power they had the envelope artwork that people would send in? Yeah. I sent in a picture that I drew of Kirby versus Ryu. 
um, back in the day. Oh. It never, it didn't make it in. It wasn't good enough. But um, yeah, I guess I was kind of thinking about that. Even, you know, was that like probably like five, six years before they were even thinking about it? So, mm-hmm. and, and not even realizing it, you know. And um, I guess you know, I, I kind of got out of it in my teen years. I played Pokemon mostly, and I didn't play anything else until um, until the Game Boy Advance SP came out. That's what really drew me back in to gaming. And yeah, at this point, um, I guess I was like 19, 18 or 19, so I, you know, I was working and I actually could afford games finally. When I was a kid, I would go to Toys R Us every birthday and I would buy as many of the $10 cheapo games as I could. And that's the kind of stuff I always had around. I didn't get a lot of the main party stuff. You know, whatever, whatever I could scoop up on Christmas and whatever I could spend my birthday money on is all I ever had. So once I was an adult, that's when I really became a gamer because I could invest money into the hobby, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else. I, I mean, I guess I just started gaming the way everybody else did. I don't know why I gravitated to Nintendo. I, I guess it's kind of a nostalgia thing for me a little bit and just because I feel like they make the best games, and I still feel that way. So that's pretty much all I I really have to say about that. Okay, so... um. The, the next part of this that I wanted to talk about was um, kind of how you and I met mm-hmm. and, uh, and then how this came about. Um, so it really, it really wasn't until after the, the Wii came out and I, and I started working at GameStop um, that, it, that it really settled in my mind that Nintendo didn't really get uh, the same attention that other game companies got um, as far as press and even even the community at large, mm. um, and while there is a devoted like fan base, um, it just I I found it difficult to really like find places where I could talk about Nintendo stuff or learn about Nintendo stuff. Um, it seemed to not be the focus, um, and and when it was, it was usually something that was negative. And yeah, so, exactly. That's um, what I was thinking too. It's all negative. That's all I ever saw. And so when I found the community of Go Nintendo, yep. um, I was really excited. I um, I wasn't one to be all that active normally on forums or uh, anything like that before that point. And um, it was just really nice having a pretty large group of people that I could talk about the stuff that I was interested in being Nintendo stuff, which has always been my favorite thing as far as gaming goes. Right. Um, and so that's how I met you. Yep. Yeah. We met through uh, go Nintendo. I, I would want to throw in that for me, go Nintendo was something I found later because of the Nintendo forums shutting down. I was, yeah, I, I was really heavy into Nintendo forums. I was all over that thing all day long. And that's kind of, because it was out right around when I started really getting into games, so I immediately latched onto that. I got a computer, and that was one of the reasons, so I could go on and do stuff on there. Now that you mention it, I think that is inevitably what pushed me to that site, too. Yeah, I think we all kind of uh, flooded Go Nintendo because they shut it down. And oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, I and it kind of just happened it. out of the blue, too. They just shut mm-hmm. it down one day, and everybody was kind of like, you know, what the hell's going on? But then I think a lot – I did recognize a lot of the names on Go Nintendo from the Nintendo forums later. So, Yeah, and so at that time, I knew you as Vash. Yep. And you knew me as Grumble. Yep. <laughs> which I don't use 
anywhere else and haven't ever used that anywhere else which is funny and we met each other through a mutual friend it wasn't even that we connected on the site you started playing a game with our mutual friend and i had already started playing games with him Mm -hmm. and i don't even remember what game we first started playing together the three of us but that's how we got connected Uh, yeah i don't remember it either but we played we played a lot of games together Mm -hmm. um became pretty good friends yep and then um i and really, really, I guess what pushed us to start doing stuff like this um, is the fact that e- even even places you think are were like devoted to Nintendo kind of fell to the wayside eventually. Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing even even now it's still happening. Yeah, and especially for guys like us that are so pro, even sometimes to a fault, <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, you know. I, I could take a little criticism, but when it's just overwhelming negativity, when I'm supposed to be on a pro Nintendo site, it's just that's one of the reasons I don't go to a lot of websites like that anymore. Just because I get, to, I definitely don't look at comments because I just don't want to read all that negative stuff. I'm trying to be happy in life, not just yeah. read a bunch of people just whining about things all day long. And uh, another thing that kind of bothered me personally was the fact that um, we're, we're both fans of non-Nintendo games. We like yep. other stuff. We're pretty diverse in our gaming. I was playing uh, uh, PC habits. games earlier today before we yeah. started recording. But, so. but when you go to a site that's supposedly devoted to uh, Nintendo or uh, like an individual that's devoted to Nintendo, you kind of expect that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, that's, maybe that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, maybe that's just kind of like it fell upon them. I, I don't know. But um, when when even they just like, if they're either not negative, they're just completely ignoring it and talking about something unrelated. It just, that's what compelled me to like want to produce uh, content that um, Nintendo fans could go to learn about Nintendo stuff and talk about Nintendo stuff. Yeah. And the first time we started doing the show, there really, there was probably two Nintendo podcast focused um, podcasts and neither of them were I don't know how this I don't want to say they were negative most of the time they were positive but you know let's say there was no games coming out that month they would just talk about how Nintendo never puts out any games or it just seemed like they would look for the negativity and things and then on top of that they would talk about all the other systems all the time like every other episode they'd be bringing up games that we were never going to get that were on systems that, you know, if I wanted to listen to the <laughs> podcast about those systems, I would listen to those podcasts. I mm-hmm. wanted to hear about Nintendo. And that's that was what really pushed me to want to make a, a real Nintendo-focused pro-Nintendo show. And that was the first show that we did. Yeah, and I think um, it, was, it was mostly you that kind of pushed the idea. Yeah, I've always, um, I've always enjoyed... When I was a kid, I used to record fake radio shows. Um, along with making all my fake levels and like we were talking about earlier, that was one of the other things I enjoyed doing. So I've always wanted to do, you know, like a podcast or some kind of video show. Now we do technically do both. So that's cool. Yeah. As a kid, I had a uh, cassette recorder and me and my brother would like make radio dramas and fake news reports. (laughs) That's awesome. So I, I have a history of doing stuff like this as well. Um, so that kind of brings us to this and we're, we're just keeping that. Uh, desire live to have a place 
where we can talk about Nintendo stuff and and uh, highlight the positive. Um, we're not going to completely avoid any negative stuff, but we're not going to dwell on it. And uh, we're going to try to not be uh, uh, Nintendo Doom people like like so many seem to be. Yeah, well, I mean, it just seems like people forget about the good stuff, too. There's still a lot of great games that have come out that are coming out that will probably keep coming out as far as I could tell. I don't see Nintendo stopping anytime soon. You know, if one system doesn't do that great, they go back to the drawing board, come out with something else, and I've liked every system they've ever put out, So, including the Virtual Boy, everybody. I actually think that's a great system. <laughs> it doesn't give me any headaches at all. So, <laughs> I wish that I was uh, able to play that. Yeah, it's a bomber. Maybe someday they'll finally put them on Virtual Console. Maybe since you can handle the 3D on the 3DS, maybe you'll be able to play it on there. Yeah. Um, and so, um, hmm. I think that's all I wanted to talk about in this segment. Um, but uh, I don't have a song picked out currently, so I don't know if you had something in mind that you wanted to, to play. No, I don't have one picked out either, so prepare to be surprised, everybody. Who knows? Cool. So, we will be right back.
welcome back. And we're going to try a new segment here. I'm going to call it Unconventional Weaponry. That's what I wrote down at the top of my list here. And we're just going to discuss, uh, we, we both put a list together, no no order, of uh, you know weapons we think are unconventional or kind of crazy or just you know interesting. But they have to be, they have to fall underneath the guidelines of being unconventional. You can't just pick like a sword or something like that, you know what I mean? That's normal stuff. So I, I'm going to start off with Earthworm Jim, who I think is uses a crazy weapon because he uses himself as his weapon. So Earth, those who have only kind of maybe seen some video of Earthworm Jim might not realize it really is a big earthworm riding in a basically a mechanized uh, suit of armor. I would say it kind of looks like space, uh, like a space suit, really, but it's robotic. And he'll use himself as a whip. He'll pull, <laughs> he pulls the worm out of the top and he whips with it. And he uses it to swing and all kinds of stuff. And I, I kind of felt like that's about as unconventional as you get. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other crazy stuff in that game, but most of the other weapons are pretty conventional. You got, you know, guns and stuff, so. Yeah, there's sometimes some, like, fun twists on that, but they're mostly just, like, guns and other what-have-yous. Yep, and that they actually made a DSi remake of that game that I'm, I'm pretty sure you can still go on and buy, so if people are interested in playing it, um, I only ever played the original Super NES one before they made that remake. It's not even really a remake, it's just a... Uh, they made it into a DSiWare game so people could buy Earthworm Jim again, basically. Wasn't there a HD remake of that or something? I don't know if that was on any Nintendo platforms, Adam. I think that was just on the other systems. Okay. I believe. Don't, you know, I'm not 100% for certain. I, maybe the DSi game came out around that time, I think. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember. That was one of the ones that you couldn't transfer. It, yeah, I do remember that. Which bummed me out. I think it's still floating on one of my old systems, so. But I do like it, and I go back and play it sometimes. It's probably been a couple years. But I'm, I'm trying to remember which... I've got so many uh, DSs at this point. I think I've got about six. So I'm trying to remember which system <laughs> that's on. I'll have to find yeah. it later. Okay. Um. So I am going to first mention um, Yoshi. Um. He's got a couple of unconventional weapons um he can eat melons and uh shoot the seeds as bullets yeah which is awesome <laughs> um and then his like usually in in the games he is his main attack is throwing eggs that he somehow lays which none of that makes any sense but that's why i like it so much yeah it's really weird um yoshi and really the whole mario world in general has a lot of unconventional weaponry i agree um, but y- Yoshi, uh, Yoshi kind of stood out to me primarily in doing that, um, and doing this list. Um, I just, I always thought that that was really cool. Um, the aiming of the eggs and using those to like ricochet off walls and stuff. And, um, and the seeds to like shoot monkeys and shoot through dirt and stuff. Yeah. It's crazy how you dig through with those. And that's been a theme in multiple Yoshi games now from what I could tell. And what did that start off in uh, Yoshi's Island? Yeah, Yoshi's Island is the okay. first time they really did that stuff. I mean, really the first time you played as Yoshi specifically, rather than being Mario riding on him. Right. Um, so I, I don't know if there's really much to add to that. but Yeah, I, like I think that. you covered all, all you got for Yoshi. Um, I'll stick with the fruit theme, and I'll bring up uh, banana weapons. And I want to bring up two games that use banana weapons. Uh, the first one, everybody's probably thinking, you know, Mario Kart. 
That's an mm-hmm. obvious. You got banana peels. You got the multi banana peels. And I don't know. Has anybody else ever played a racing game where you're making cars slip out with bananas? I mean, that's pretty unconventional. Now everybody thinks about that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've seen the, jokes about real cars slipping on banana peels. <laughs> and the uh, second game that came to mind with the banana weapon was uh, Worms. Uh, for me, it's Worms 2 specifically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got uh, uh, banana grenades in there, which were cool. You would throw a banana, and they would bounce. I don't know why they figured bananas were rubbery. I guess you could kind of... The skin's kind of rubbery. But the bananas would bounce around, and then they would blow up into more bananas that would bounce around like crazy and blow up. They bounce around way more than a real banana would. Yeah, I think a real banana would just smush and ooze all over the place. (laughs) So, yeah, that's all I had for uh, banana weapons. That's a a good pick right there. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so I wanted to uh, say uh, I'm going to stick with Mario for a second here and mention Super Princess Peach, um, where you use your feelings as a weapon. Yeah, what a great game, by the way. Yeah. And I can see why people would be like, oh, it's a it, Peach is a woman, so she's using her feelings. But <laughs> if you get past that, it's just fun. It's, yeah, it, it, it really cool. is you, cool. You make her cry and she'll like have tears flowing out of her face and. Uh, you can use that to make flowers grow, or you can get her angry, and she'll, like, burn on fire and catch stuff on fire. Yeah, and you could make, uh, like, you'd have to use the wa- the waterworks to make vines and stuff come out that, you you know, to get up to higher platforms and stuff, too, right? It's been a long time yeah. since I played that game. It was, uh, it was a really nice mechanic to, like, um, add some, like, puzzle elements, almost. Yeah, at, with, uh, you know, classic Nintendo platforming as well. That was a, man, that was a really fun game. I have to go back and play that. Yeah, it looked and kind of controlled a lot like Yoshi's Island, actually. Yeah, I would agree with that. But then with the feelings, the emotions and stuff, uh, that that kind of almost gave it a, a Wario land or uh, kind of feel to it. Hmm, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so I, I, I felt like that was needing to be brought up uh, as a weapon. Cool. Uh, let's see, I'll take the next one. I'm going to go to a fighting game. I'm going to go to Mortal Kombat, uh, Kung Lao's weapon, the blade hat. I'm not sure what it's actually called in the game. But I can't think of any other game where you use your hat as a throwable, you know, slicing weapon. I don't think you can use Oddjob's hat in GoldenEye. No, I don't think so. So (laughs) I thought that was pretty interesting. And he uses it in all kinds of crazy, gruesome ways. And mm-hmm. um, he was always, I don't think he showed up till Mortal Kombat 2, and he was one of my favorite characters as soon as he came out, so I definitely wanted to mention that. Okay. Um, I didn't really play a ton of Mortal Kombat, um, so I can't really add much to that. Yeah, I didn't until later in life. When I was a kid, I was all about Street Fighter, so mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Um, I'm going to throw out... Um, uh, pretty weird one uh project number three which is my favorite gamecube game oh okay which we've mentioned Um, on the older podcast many times um so i I considered this weapon to be dancing (laughs) um so different dance moves that you perform will like make different attacks come out of your suit yep and uh she's always like dancing around while she's shooting lasers and stuff yeah it's the first uh plat or third Action, I'm sorry, third uh, third person view action game that had um, dodge mechanics that I can remember, and she's dancing the whole time, and uh, the music's really good in the game too, and she seems to keep up with the beat of it. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, uh, I'd say 
almost more than attacking with your hand blasters and stuff, a big part of the game is dancing around and dodging all the various attacks. Because I think that's what keeps your combo going, if I'm not mistaken. I, th- I think so. That if and, I remember it correctly. And killing guys without getting hit, I believe, is how you keep it rolling. And that's a... So, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just to say that I... That's a super unconventional weapon. And that's a really great game. Like I said, it is my favorite uh, GameCube game. If, if anybody listening to this, if you haven't played that game, you should check at least check some videos. But I recommend I recommend playing it because that's where you know you have to get a, a feel for the controls. They do feel really weird, but once you master them, it's pretty fun. So let me see here. I guess we'll stick with the girl theme. Uh, I'm gonna bring a bayonetta. And the, I'm assuming most people would assume I would bring up her hair, because that is unconventional. But I'm actually going to bring up her feet guns, which I think is a really cool and unconventional weapon. And the way you use it in the game is cool, too. Um, so if you do if you do any of her kick moves and you just tap the button, it uh, it just she'll just kick. But if you hold the button after using it, that's when she'll actually add gunfire into it. And I, I couldn't... I was trying to think if there was any other games where... Uh, where you use your feet with guns on them. The only thing I could think of is a game called, uh, I think it's called Downwell. And um, you actually have, um, you actually use your, it, they're almost like thrusters, but you can have different types of guns on your feet. And you use it to levitate, and you also use it to kill enemies. Sounds like a complete Bayonetta ripoff to me. <laughs> anyway, what do you have uh, next? Um, well, since you mentioned it, I'm going to mention some other people that use hair as a weapon. Um, I was thinking of Shantae, and then that made me think of Dixie Kong as well. Yeah, definitely. So, th- th- I mean, they're not they're not completely clothed. Well, Dixie Kong is covered in hair, but um, they're not completely clothed by their own hair um, the way Bayonetta is. And yeah. Perform crazy summoning with uh, with her hair, but they both. Uh, do a lot of hair whipping. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I just, uh, ever since Dixie Kong was doing that, I just thought that was so fun and ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, I thought I had to mention it. Yeah. And uh, also, speaking of uh, dancing, it falls into product, just like product number three, Shantae's dancing all over the place to do different attacks and transformations. Yeah, she is. So, turn into animals. Let's see here. Actually, um, it's funny that you bring up uh, hair whipping because uh, I have a, a Guilty Gear character as my next one. But I also, when she said that, there's a character in Guilty Gear that fights completely with her hair. So I can't remember her name right now. Okay. But anyway, the character I wanted to bring up was a, was a character named Bridget. And she, it's actually a he dresses a she, uses uh, yo-yos as his weapon. And oh. that made me think of also Yonoid and Ness. And the reason I thought of a yo-yo... See, yo-yos actually were uh, conceived as weapons, uh, as far as I know, in the medieval times. They would use yo-yos as weapons, and then eventually it became a toy. And then it, for us in video games, it became a weapon again. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's an interesting history lesson there. I forget where I learned about it. was probably on the History Channel. That's where I <laughs> learned most of my historical um, facts. You forgot another yo-yo user. Oh, who? Kirby. Which game? Uh, Superstar. I, a, I've never he played wears a backwards through... cap, and he has a yo-yo. I haven't played through stuff. Superstar, so I've never seen that. Oh, man, that game's so good. I have the DS uh, remake, so I'll, I'll definitely want to check it out now that I know there's yo-yo action It's a really in there. good power, too. Cool. 
Um, so we, uh, this is really my last one that I have on my list here, and we both wanted to talk about this one, which is Splatoon. Yep. Which, I mean, it's kind of themed around, like, the idea of almost a water fight, but is then taken to being using paint. Mm-hmm. And all of the weapons from paint rollers, uh, paint brushes, um, so later they're adding, like, uh, just a bucket, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's the that's the one that came to mind for me. And I hate to be this guy, but it's ink, Adam, not not paint. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the squids and octopuses. Yeah, so you are correct. <laughs> it is ink. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, all the weapons are kind of unconventional, though, if you think about it. Yeah, or, or they're like weird twists on uh, weapons, but yeah. like. Uh, grenades that are water balloons, um, like a sprinkler. Yeah, a sprinkler. Um, uh, one of those wall water wall fountain things that'll make it so you can't get through. I guess, I guess those are kind of like designed after the um, things that are like at theme parks. Yeah, it's definitely what comes to mind. When I used to go to water parks as a kid, they would always have tons of those water wall things all around. Um. Yeah, so I mean that that game is awesome and just has tons of unconventionalness going on there. Yeah, I mean it's kind of an unconventional, you know, it's a twist on a shooter when mm-hmm. you really think about it. So, yeah, and that we said a million times that's a great game too. So, I guess I'll go ahead and I, I got a couple more I can burn off here and we'll finish this up. I wrote down uh Chibi Robo specifically in the newest game Zipline because he's using his plug and to do crazy things. He's ricocheting it off of walls to hit things. He's fighting enemies with it. He'll spin it around. I mean, and I've only played probably an hour of it, so who knows? I've only gotten maybe one upgrade, so I don't even know how many more crazy things he's going to be able to do with that. And and like uh, Dixie Kong in her hair, you can actually use it to, like, as a helicopter blade. Yeah. And hover. So, and then um, I, my last one... Oh, no, I've got two more. I apologize. I want to bring up uh, Scrooge McDuck and DuckTales. He's using he's using his cane almost kind of like a sword, but he, then again, he's also pogo jumping on it, and he starts swinging it like a golf club. I mean, that's it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how he uses that. Excellent addition to the list. Uh, let's see here. I also want to bring up, and this will be my last one, uh, Wonderful 101 is crazy i mean you're you're taking a hundred guys you're forming them together to make all kinds of different weapons you're making bombs and boomerangs hammers uh power gloves uh my whip yeah that's right the whip the whip was the purple weapon right that's how i remember them all by colors because that's how i would play the game i don't know why that strikes me but i would remember the colors and um yeah that's pretty uh that's pretty unconventional (laughs) yeah that's definitely crazy you're just like smashing a bunch of people together to make an object. Yep. And, um, uh, but, I, yeah, that's all I had. Okay. Um, and if you haven't played Wonderful 101, that's also another one that you should get on. Yeah, I feel like you can get it pretty cheap now, too. So. Oh, I'm sure you can. I don't think it did very well, unfortunately. No, unfortunately not. And I plan on actually putting Wonderful 101 uh, videos. I was going to finish the game up, but I might just go ahead and start over. And, and uh, you know, I'd like to put some videos up of that. Maybe that'll get some people playing. You know, I, maybe 20 people, because that's pretty much all the, <laughs> the views I get on my videos. All right, so let's go ahead and take a break. Again, we did not pick a song, so it's going to be another mystery grab bag, and we'll be right back. 
And now it's time for the news segment. Yeah. And the, uh, let's see here. Um, the first bit of news that I was going to mention is that Smash Brothers received an update today. Um, and mm-hmm. pretty much the sole purpose was to nerf Bayonetta. Oh, really? She did look really strong in those videos. I still haven't played with her, so... Um, not only did she look strong, uh, all I've seen on, like, GameFAQs uh, forum stuff is how OP she is and how she sucks, because she's too powerful. Hmm. So well, hopefully that'll change things. Do you know um, exactly what they changed about her? Um, I think they affected some of her combos. Okay. Because um, apparently her the way she comboed was just overpowerful. She and you, like, seems to be able to air juggle a lot more than I've you know I've seen from other characters in Smash. Yeah, if I remember correctly, um, one of her jump things can essentially give her like a fourth jump. Oh wow! Instead of having just three with the special, so that would make her probably hard to ring out on top of her being able to juggle people. Yeah, but that's uh, the reason it exists is part of her aerial juggling. Okay. So, um, I have not played with her, neither of you, so we really don't know how this is going to affect it. But I'm I'm glad that they're still working on making the game balanced now that they've been done with like the actual main content it's good that they're still doing stuff like that yeah and i guess we should probably mention you and i have never played the newer smash brothers together which we is, haven't yeah which is crazy because the online actually works pretty good we should probably try to make an effort to maybe get some of these dlc characters at some point and get on and play that way we'd have some you know some content for the show yeah and it's a fun game hell yeah <laughs> um real quick though um what what is your feeling on the uh the what is it the tourney smash tourney like the board game i haven't played it okay like my brother and my sister-in-law and and i we played a lot of that mode we really liked it oh cool can you do that online or is that only a local one that's the thing i was trying to think about was if we could play that together i think i I haven't really messed with the online at all on that game so i don't really know yeah we're adam and i are going to try and mess around with all this stuff and we will report back so um, so something I, I saw that was interesting this week is that um, there's something called the Pico Cassette Project. It's a crowdfunded thing going on in Japan right now. And it's essentially a company or a group of people that are working on trying to make um, little Famicom cartridges hmm. with auxiliary port jacks on it that you can plug into a phone and play a game off of it. Whoa, that's crazy. Um and so they're basically like trying to release old Famicom games doing this. I just, I would just love to have a uh, little mini cartridges. They don't even have to do anything. I just like that'd be pretty cool to collect. Yeah. So um, the logistics of it are in, like interesting on like how they will will like make it something that people will want to buy and like keep and like have plugged into their phone while they're trying to play. Yeah, that's uh, kind of weird. Yeah, it's a little weird, but like the ability to collect something that actually is a game, uh, especially something as kind of nostalgic and and everything as Famicom cartridges, which were way more interesting than NES cartridges. Yeah, there's they're uh, a rainbow of colors just to begin mm-hmm. with, and plus I just always thought they I I thought they were more streamlined. I liked that they're half the size, and what's funny is um. 
old some of the old NES games actually use the Famicom chip. So when you open up the if you open yeah. up, yeah, you'll see a little thin chip and just nothing but empty space above it. So they yeah. basically they could have given us the same stock card. I don't even know why America decided to go with the taller gray carts, but they did. Um, bigger is better. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting, and the collector in me definitely thinks that something like that's kind of cool. Yeah, I immediately jumped to, man, I want to collect these. That's I'm right there with you. Um, and, uh, something I thought was interesting is that Yokai Watch 2, um, has been announced that it's going to be coming out in the U.S. Hmm. Um, the second one had two different versions, kind of like the way Pokemon works. Okay. And in the U.S., they're going to be called, uh, Bony Spirits and Fleshy Souls. I I like the names. That's kind of cool. They're very weird. Very Yokai Watch-esque. So they fit well. Were you into um, the first game, Adam? I so um I have a Japanese copy of Nino Kuni for the DS. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, I remember. Yep, I remember that. I've played through I would say between six and eight hours of that game. Okay. And at the point in which I there's there's a point where it's it breaks from the story of the the console version of that game. And that's the point in which I no longer had any idea what I was going to be, what I was supposed to do. Cause before then I didn't know what was being said, but I'd already played through essentially the same thing. So I knew where to go and what to do. Gotcha. Um, and so I kind of hit a wall and I had to start watching like someone play a walkthrough to like, know what to do next. And it, I kind of, I like having the game. I like having the book that comes with it. That's really cool. Um, but, uh, it, I just, I had to stop playing it, but Yokai Watch is pretty much the same game. Okay. But instead of having Studio Ghibli artwork, it's their own artwork and it's all Japanese mythology and other mythology and stuff like that and ghosts and stuff like that. Um, and I really like the game. I played through all of the demo because I like to play demos on the 3DS. <laughs> and I played through probably like 12 hours of the game. Oh, cool. Um, and I I take my time in most games I play. So 12 hours for me is not the same as 12 hours for most people. So I didn't get really that far. But I had a lot of fun time with it. And it it, it is good. It's definitely you know kind of like Pokemon where it's kind of a child's game. Um, some of the dialogue is very childlike, but it's still a lot of fun and I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm meaning to try it at some point. I, I see the show, uh, on Saturday mornings. I don't actually watch. It's always on the end of something I'm about to watch, but Mm -hmm. it does get me interested to try the game. The artwork seems pretty cool and it does, from what I can tell from videos I've seen, it does seem very level five and (laughs) I like most of their games. So exactly. Level five is a really great company. And so that it's hard to not like the games they make yeah i guess i'll have to i didn't honestly i didn't know there was a demo so i'm gonna i'm probably gonna download that after the show and maybe i'll talk about that next week cool um and then i have to go to releases because there's not really much other news that i wanted to talk about yeah we're kind of in a holding pattern we got what a month until e3 that's when stuff's gonna start coming so well a lot of companies are starting to talk about stuff right now 
Cool. Like a lot of companies are like preempting E3 altogether, and some of them aren't going to it at all. Okay. Um, which is really weird. But um, Nintendo is being pretty hush. So all the a lot of the announcements, there's been some pretty cool 3DS announcements recently from them. Um, but I think most everything that we're going to find out is going to be kept until E3 time. Yep, I agree. Um, so for releases then this this week. Um, on the Wii U, something very unexpected happened, and Pixel Junk Monsters HD came out. Oh, I didn't know that. Was, that's crazy. I have played that on other so, systems. Yeah, we're both pretty big fans of Q games. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever played a game of theirs I haven't liked, honestly. And, and in the past, they used to work with Nintendo a lot. Um, they actually have some former Nintendo employees that work for them. Yep. And uh, so I just I was really happy to see that that um, I, um, I was really happy to see that a game of theirs was getting put on a Nintendo system again because it's been a while. Yeah, uh, is Starship Defense the last one? I think Xscape actually was the the yeah, last, which was a remake, right? Uh, so I think it's sort of a sequel to X, which I've never played. Did you play? Well, it was only in Japan, so oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, hopefully that means that some of the other Pixel Junk games come out on the Wii. You and because um, I, I think a, some of them would be really awesome on the Wii U. Fingers crossed for uh, Eden. Eden's really cool. I also like uh, Shooter and Shooter Two. Yeah, um, I I beat one of them and I'm like halfway through the other. I need to go back to it. But all the uh, most of these were all on uh, Sony platforms and they're all fun. Yeah, and I guess now that they've started, well, they came out on PC a little while ago. Yeah, but, there has been some of their games popping up lately. But, like, why not put them on more systems? Yeah, really? definitely. It, it's cool. Um, and it's only 10 bucks. so if you never played it, it's a tower defense game. It's really good. The, yeah, it's kind of an, I would say it's a active tower. You're actually controlling a character. It's not, it's not like a menu thing. You can't just click around. You'll be setting up turrets and stuff. It's not like you can just go, oh, I'm going to click this turret and click this one and manipulate it and do... You actually have to move your character over and do stuff that mm-hmm, way, but so... They have a good pedigree of, like, Starship Defense, like you mentioned, of other tower defense games. They're they're really good at it. Yeah, I would love to see a, a sequel to Starship on the Wii U. I think that, that would... That would be so cool. Yeah, and they could even... They don't even have to keep the same art style. Maybe shake it up with a dip. The original game kind of looks blueprinty. Maybe they can do something mm-hmm. else with it. But the screen would be perfect for it. Give you a lot of real estate to work with. Yeah, and and in HD that would be really cool too. Yeah. Um. So another game called um, Chompy Chomp Chomp Party <laughs> came out. Um. I watched some videos on this because uh, it seemed weird enough that it could be promising. I, I like weird. Um, and basically it functions like a multiplayer Pac-Man game. And there's all these different little monster characters and they're all different colors. And as you are playing as one of them, uh, you have under like underneath you as like a, a directory towards another colored monster. So like if you're the blue guy, um, it will be directing you towards specifically the pink guy. Okay. And your whole goal is to find the pink guy on this single screen map that's like kind of overhead um and run at him and eat him. Hmm. And you're just you are doing that at the same time as up to nine other players are doing that. Oh wow. Um and uh 
the gameplay is pretty solid. I think it's kind of an ugly game. Um, I also think that this could work maybe better as a Pac-Man game. Yeah, but, you know, then you have to get the license and everything. With different colored Pac-Mans. But, you know, Namco should steal this idea. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, they have a couple different Pac-Man versus games. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. There's... There's the one where you all control Pac-Man, you know, four players at a time. And then there's the other one where, what was the one on, on Namco Museum where you're actually, I feel like uh, the other players are controlling the ghosts. That's that's just called Pac-Man Versus. And yeah. that was so on the GameCube. And there's also, there's uh, arcade Pac-Man at, um, what, what's the name of that? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm well, there's, there's Battle Royale and there is Championship Edition. I don't think has any multiplayer function, but no, it doesn't. And I have played the arcade game. Me too. I'm trying to remember the name of the place that I played it at, though. It's Dave and Buster's. That's it, exactly. Uh, Dave and Buster's. Yep. And it's a really cool cabinet. It's huge. It's very big, and it, it, it's fun. Um, I was never able to get a group of people that I knew all of them for to have like a lot of fun with it. So I was basically just playing with another group while they were having fun. I was just getting eaten by them so i did have four people including myself and i knew well, and we were all in the game so it was pretty fun we that was we, we you know we ran around the place and we went back to that multiple times because that was a pretty cool game awesome um so yeah chompy chomp chomp party looks like a pretty good amount of fun especially if you've got nine players to play with yeah um, that's, that's pretty cool it, it seems like as you add more players to it the more fun it would be yeah, it probably gets uh, crazy, I would think. Mm -hmm. And there's different modes. Uh, like, there's like a King of the Hill mode in it that I saw and some other stuff. So it's not just one thing. It looks like it has some a little bit of depth to it. Cool. Um, another game called Sweetest Thing, which is apparently a resource management game, came out. <laughs> it's a movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> and a song yep. by U2 or something. Um <laughs> And then on Virtual Console, Poke Park, Pikachu's Adventure came out, which is a Wii, a Wii game. Yeah, I never played it back in the day. Uh, I don't blame you, but I, I like the way it looks, but I, I have no interest in playing it. Um, and then on 3DS, Digger Dan DX came out, which is kind of like Dig Dug and Puzzles. Hmm. Um, I'm not and, a huge Dig Dug guy. I, I've tried to play that a couple. I get bored pretty quick. I know it's a classic and a lot of people love it, but I'm just from when it on. came out. It's pretty cool for the time it came out originally. Yeah, I would agree with that. But now there's just oh, there's other uh, digging games I'd rather play. I'd rather just uh, dig in Mario Two. Quite frankly, I, think <laughs> I still think that's some of the funnest digging. Or yeah, Steam World Dig is good too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's probably the best best one now. Um, and then on Virtual Console for the 3DS, Contra Three hmm. came out, and I like Contra. Which one was was Contra Three still on NES or was that a Super Nintendo? That's that's a Super NES game. Yeah, I've never played that one. It's pretty good. Um, I think two and three are probably my favorites, but I never played any any of the later ones. So you like Super Contra and whatever the third one's called? Um, it's called like Alien War or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Alien Wars. Yeah. Um, and then. I think you can guess what else came out on the 3DS. More Contra? I don't know. <laughs> no, Fire Emblem DLC. Oh, yeah, of course. 
Um, so Fire Emblem DLC came out, and so did uh, the first of the new Hyrule Warriors map or content packs, which is the Master Wind Waker pack. Hmm. Um, and that is it for the news today. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and close out the show. Where can people find you at, Adam? Um, you can find me online um, at Hydro Robots. Uh, pretty much everywhere. Find me on Twitter. Um, and uh, we can talk about some games. Um, I think I still have uh, some codes I can give away for some games. Um, so if you want, like, Retro City Rampage for the 3DS, I will give you a free copy of it as a download. Yep. And uh, I also have the same... I have Humble Bundle codes as well still. Nobody's hit me up on Twitter, uh, at Bradley Guys on YouTube as well. And, uh, yeah, I've got Shantae. Uh, I haven't decided if I'm going to keep my... The one you just brought up, uh, the uh, Rampage game. I, I might go ahead and keep that, because I don't have... I had that on another system, and I lost it, so... But I've definitely... I, I already have Shantae on Wii, so if anybody wants Shantae for Wii U, hit me up on Twitter, and I will hook you up. Yeah. So, thank you very much for listening, watching, or however you're uh, checking us out. And until next week, we will catch you later. Later.